Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of the Armchair Bookers Podcast. I am your host, as always, Joshua Joslin, and it is great to be talking wrestling. This week, I'm going to be talking about some recent headlines, just some things that are happening in the world of wrestling, some NXT, and then I'm going to end it by answering a couple questions from some friends slash fans of mine um, that just, you know, some friends that want to know a little bit more about wrestling. So let's get into it right now. AEW, uh, this is not, let's, real quick, I'm not bashing AEW, this is not a bash AEW episode, I did a lot of that last episode, if you're new to the Armchair Booker's podcast, this is your first episode, last week I ripped on AEW for quite a while. This week I'm just going to talk about some things that are in the news, that I do paint AEW in a negative light, but I want to talk a little bit more about what that does for the fan viewing in, you know, viewing outward, the fan towards AEW. Um, it, it is off the dirt sheets here, you know, so uh, you know, rumor, speculation, sources of sources. Um, so just my opinion on things that I've read. For instance, Cash Wheeler, uh, tag team wrestler with um, Dax Harwood, part of FTR and AEW. Cash Wheeler got himself arrested, uh, what sounds like what is he's being charged with. Uh, what is possible road rage incident where he did point a gun at a driver uh, for whatever reason that they had. I don't know. Not mine to judge. I am not on that jury panel. Uh, but it puts AEW in the news right before a very their biggest, hands down, their absolute biggest pay-per-view uh, that they've ever had, all in, taking place in Wembley Stadium in, in England. Um so I point that out first. I start with that one because that's pretty big news no matter no matter who it is, right? Uh, that's a pretty big thing that's, that's happening. And then you shift it over to within the confines of the arenas and you're talking CM Punk and the drama that he continues to, apparently continues to bring to the locker room uh, at the most recent or the past or whatever it was, a recent collision taping. Um, he had several wrestlers basically removed from the building, told they're not allowed to come in. That was Christopher Daniels, um, uh, Ryan Nemeth, uh, Dolph Ziggler's younger brother, and um, I believe Matt Hardy, Christopher Daniels, I don't know if I said him, um, because of things that are still lingering from the brawl out episode uh, that they that, that happened months ago. If you have questions on that, I can answer at a different time. Uh, but there's still some obvious resentment and anger floating between some parties regarding that whole incident, and it puts AEW in the news, right? All of this going on while they're trying to build all in uh, their their card and their their um, the the hype for that show. Look, they're breaking records with their sales uh, uh, to to have an uh, an event in Wembley sell it out, which it sounds like it's it's done. Um, and then add in the floor seats, which it's a lot of floor to to fill in with seats. You're talking a massive event, WrestleMania. This is their WrestleMania, the biggest event that they've ever had, and it's amazing that they've done it. I can't wait to see what comes of the show. But there are a lot of question marks about how the card has been built. Um, the promotion for the the card. There are a lot of tag team matches or multi person matches 
Um, I know that that's a, a New Japan style of card. You know, if you look down their card, you're going to see a lot of trios matches. You're going to see a couple of four-on-fours, a whole bunch of tag teams. You know, so it is always a jam-packed amount of people on a card. But I don't think that it's the most beneficial. Like, just don't cram them all in uh, for for the sake of it. Because you already struggle with your storytelling. So this just feels like dream match after dream match. It's going to get exhausting to see this many dream matches put on in a four-hour, three-hour event. Um, it doesn't build it in a way that excites me because there's no kind of breathing room, if anything. Like, you're, gar- you're promising a lot of tight, top-tier matches, and if they all hit... You're exhausted from it, you know, in between, number one. So the pacing is going to be an issue for me as a fan. And two, there's so many people to keep your eyes on. So many things that you're, you, you want to know, but you're not going to be able to because there's just too many people involved. So for me, that's a, that's a struggle point. But it doesn't take away from my enjoyment because I really, really love wrestling. So I know it's going to be a fun card. But there's a lot of concern, you know, I, I think that putting a, 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 a general opinion that I've come across in my readings and my feelings as well, um, you know, Adam Cole and MJF on the pre-show is an interesting choice and I think a gamble, not because, well, I mean, just because you never know somebody could get hurt, but it's a great story and I think, you know, if, I, I feel like they're going to be, there's going to be some sort of miscommunication, which is going to lead to somebody getting angry and getting hit. And, you know, that's going to be the story throughout the rest of the night, back and forth between who's going to turn on who, and then we're going to get the main event, which is awesome and cool, except, you know, you're going to give away a lot of the storytelling at the very beginning. And, you know, it, that kind of then takes away from everything in the middle for me. So you're kind of bookending your best story, the only story that you're really telling at the beginning and the end. It's going to get me to tune in, but maybe I won't come back again until the end. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's risky. I think it's it doesn't make a ton of sense because All Sea Open already came out and seemed like they have their next challenger. So it's just this match is all about getting everybody on and to further the story between MJF and Adam Cole at All Sea Open's expense on the pre-show. I just think that that's just too much for me. Um, so I have a that, that annoys me, but they're the best story that they have and I want to see as much of it as possible so maybe maybe they got me in there without me realizing it I don't know um that's really the negative stuff I want to put on AEW I want to talk about some of the really good things the things that are really exciting me um and that is begins with and ends with really uh Eddie Kingston back baby back going up against the uh the Blackpool Combat Club I love that for Eddie he is um he's just great I really um I think I don't think he needs a belt. I don't think that he needs um, the constant main event. I think you just let him continue to do what he does. He's an organically over superstar that you will only ever want to be behind because he's gritty. He looks like a dude that you've known from the bar down on the corner. Uh, he's the uncle that you know is is oh man. When I tell you about it, you want to understand about it, Uncle Eddie, what he used to be up to. You know, he, that's that's the persona he gives off, but but badass, excuse my language. Um, so him coming back and, and challenging to another sta- stadium stampede, like I mentioned last week, something I love about AEW, it is the stadium stampede. So I'm very happy that he is back. I'm happy that they're going to have one of uh, another one of those matches, and I'm more than happy, more than happier than happy, uh, because Eddie's going to be involved. So... Um, I love that he's back. I, 
I wrote down a question to myself. Um, I was going to say the fan did it, but I, I got to be honest. It was a question I was asking myself. Where would, would we know Eddie without AEW? And I honestly said say no, uh, which makes me want to say thank you, AEW, for giving Eddie uh, Kingston a platform for us to be able to see him every week. I would know him, you know, from from watching and from reading. But to be able to watch him every week, I want to. I would not have that opportunity. I'd have to tune in, uh, and you know, I'd have to find it and then tune in. This gives us the opportunity to see a clip from him every week that he's on. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing with with Eddie, because no matter what he's in, he tells the story. He makes it. He makes a story out of it, and um, I think he's the best you got in that regard. Um, so glad Eddie's back. See, I like things with AEW. Stadium Stampede, I can't wait to see that with, with him and his partners. Um, all right, so going to move on. <laughs> um, uh, I like that they are retiring the FTW Championship. I think that there's too many belts. I've, I've mentioned that as a negative um, in my previous episode. Uh, but they're retiring it, and it's going from uh, Jack Perry, formerly um, Jungle Boy. Uh, Jack Perry is now heel, which I like. And I'm curious what they what they are doing going to do with the retiring. So I'm going to go with Tommy Dreamer's idea. Uh, he thinks that Hook should return, win it, and then retire it. You know, we had the full circle of it being presented to Taz. Um, he was the first. He it was made for him. The uh, you know f the world champion. He handed it to Brian Cage. It's bounced around here or there. But if it's going to be retired, it should be by uh, ECW uh, alumni or. More than even them, I think it should be Hook as Taz's son. Uh, should come out, beat it, beat him, take it. Um, that would be really, really cool. Tommy Dreamer came out with that. I read that uh, um, in an interview that he had done. And I just, I, I, I do agree. Uh, anyway, um, FTW Championship being retired, I think it's a good call. It's like the 24-7 championship, but less funny and never really... Uh, with any explanation as to what it really was. Um, so, too gimmicky, too not enough put behind it. They don't have enough stories to tell with all the other belts. So, if they're going to retire one, I think the FTW one is a good one to retire. And I definitely don't think it, it can be retired by Jack Perry. Like, he can't be the one, the the uh, the end point, the, the period on the, the end of the story of the FTW championship. So, hopefully, Tommy Dreamer is right. That would be a cool way to, to retire it. Um, so I want to, with all that being said about AEW, is the negative attention that they're, that they're in right now, the, the steady stream that the, that is focused on them, is it really earned? Is it necessary to be so negative on the product? Um, now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't, I don't think that it is. I don't think that it is fair. I think that, yeah, I, I know I'm sticking up for AEW. It's, it's not always going to happen. So tune in, tune, tune up, turn up and listen close. Um, it's a young company. They're still learning. Tony Khan taking all of this on himself. He needs to learn where it's not going to work. And hopefully, you know, it's hard because he keeps doing so well with his shows because people want to see them and that's great. But the long-term stability of the product, it's going to start to wane if it's always based off of these dream matches. I was talking to a friend of mine today, like how many, you know, there are only so many dream matches that you can have before you have to refocus on the, the young talent who still haven't really gotten the, the biggest match. You know, they aren't in the dream matches. The, the vets are in the dream matches. And it does hook us in and makes us interested, but that's not long-term. 
So this isn't me knocking the product. This is me going back to the fact that they're young and hopefully they learn this a little bit quicker than not. You know, if they're going to build a show like uh, like a WrestleMania show, if that you know if that's what their intention is with something like Wembley and All In, do that, but not every pay per view like you've done. <laughs> that's really it. Spread them out because um, who we are going to get to see is awesome. I think the American audience might have to get used to a card being stacked with so many multi-person matches, because I do think that uh, Tony books more off of a New Japan style than even like a, an American style. So, um, um, or like a, a Lucha Libre style, uh, AAA, they tend to have a lot of multi-man matches, like I said, New Japan. So anyway, um, I do get why he's, he's building the card, just be careful with it. Um, the negative press is brought on by... You know, the only thing that I really point to Tony on is the CM Punk stuff. Uh, true, not true. Something, you know, what I've read is not the whole truth. What somebody might say is not the whole truth. It's somewhere in the middle. And where the middle is, is CM Punk and some issues with talent. So hopefully that gets figured out and he doesn't get burned by CM Punk. I really hope that doesn't happen. I am pro uh, company on this end and, and not pro punk at all. I think that something needs to be, be done. He can't have one person control the show. He is not Shawn, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, in the 90s. And we all know all the stories about that. They weren't great. So um, don't, don't, uh, don't revisit that, Tony. Don't make that mistake. Anyway, uh, I want to move over to WWE. Um, I want to talk about Edge retiring before I jump into some stuff about NXT. Um, that's all the speculation, of course, is that Edge uh, retired on Friday, this past Friday, uh, after wrestling Sheamus. Uh, a very fun match, very good. It wouldn't go down as like the greatest retirement match of all time. Probably wouldn't be in the top 100 even. But that wasn't really the point. It was to see him hit some spots. The Toronto crowd, of course, because he's from there, was bonkers, bonkers for him. Any crowd would have been knowing that it might, you know, might be towards the end of him wrestling. Any crowd would be anyway, because it's Edge, and he always puts on a show. Um, even if the match, in terms of length and like quality, it was a fine match. It was nothing bad. It didn't do anything bad or wrong. But, um, you know, it was just a fine match. But they showcased everything great with the facial expressions. They told the story as it needed to be told, which is Sheamus is his powerhouse, and he's going to beat Edge down no matter what, despite the fact that they were friends. Despite that, despite what they said about each other last week, which was just love and, and mutual respect, um, in real life, um, Sheamus helped Edge get himself back to back into ring shape and motivated him to be able to come back to the ring. So this match legitimately had emotion to it. Uh, his his kids and Beth Phoenix's wife were in the in the front row. See him hug them. See his emotion coming out to the crowd. If it was his last match, that's all the stuff that matters. The match itself is is kind of like, oh yeah, it happened, um, and that's fine. That's 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 the point of it because Edge is that kind of character where you want to see him come out. You want to watch his face, man. You want to talk about facial expressions. He and him and Randy Orton probably two of the best in terms of playing to the crowd. Uh, Sheamus knew exactly when to, to introduce the heel, the bad guy moves. Um, Edge knew how to play to the crowd with, with the beat down that he really, really did get. You know, he took a beating from Sheamus. Um, they, they both, you know, not like Sheamus and Edge need to be elevated, but they were both elevated with this, which is just a testament to both, both guys. I am a Sheamus uh, ultra fan. He'll go down in history as an underrated wrestler, uh, Hall of Fame 
definitely, but he will still be considered an under, uh, underrated performer in my eyes, um, similar to The Miz, to be honest, um, in terms of uh, quality and uh, longevity and, uh, you know, um, well, really, yeah, just quality and longevity. They both have it. They both, uh, but they, you know, they're not the 15, 20, 30 time championship belt winners, but they're always consistent. They're always putting on a good show. That's my gushing about Sheamus, but it added to uh, the possibility of Edge retiring because you, you felt the emotion, you saw it. Um, so if it was his last match, uh, applause from the you know top of my lungs, thank you. Um, on my feet, stomping my feet, clapping my hands, thank you, Edge. He did tell the crowd after the show, um, this is his last time in front of, I said, he said, uh, this is my last time in front of y'all. And then said, you know, his, his goodbyes, basically. Uh, whether that means he's retired, not necessarily. His contract ends at the end of September. This was his last match on the contract. So, you know, we hopefully maybe we'll see some clarification uh, one way or the other. Um, but it does mean, you know, it's very, very short term. If he is to come back, it would be short term because they're not expected to go back to Toronto and he wouldn't. By the time they do, he wouldn't be. He doesn't expect to be around anymore. So the fact that he's saying goodbye to uh, a city um, means he's definitely towards the end. Uh, obviously, we knew that anyway, but maybe closer than not. So we'll see. Um, moving into NXT, I haven't talked to NXT yet. Uh, the overall product, I'm a black and gold version one enthusiast. That's when uh, um, when it was Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Um, you know when uh, before. Before the, the color splash, NXT color splash. But now we are back into the black and gold, which I like it. And I, I, I do like the, the, the product. I have to watch it a little bit more to, to know some of the, the younger kids that are still coming up through it. Uh, but uh, the talent is superb. I got to catch uh, this past week's episode. Wesley is um, growing each week. I think he's phenomenal. I think that he has a bright future. He, you know, he's got to find what is going to make him stand out besides the underdog part, but he plays it so well. And he really is. I mean, he's making the most of every time they give him uh, the camera and I applaud him greatly. You know, I, I want to see what they're going to be able to do with him uh, moving forward. Carmelo Hayes. That's my guy. That's he is him. Um, so him, Carmelo versus Wes, I don't think you're going to do better athletically than what you're going to see with the two of them. It is going to be a show watching them fight for the NXT championship. So congrats to Wes, um, very quickly elevated himself, um, you know, through the ranks at NXT. I was a little bit curious where he was going to go once Zachary Wentz was released, uh, who was, um, Wes Lee's, uh, tag team partner, uh, but he kept himself relevant. He had great matches. They put the North American Championship belt on him, and away he went and just stole the attention and built himself into a, a character that's over. So um, I can't wait to see the two of them go. They're going to put on a classic. Um, I'm going to say this right name wrong. Ilya Dragunov? Uh, damn. You know, you want to talk about gritty and strong. He's just a legitimate torpedo. Um, such emotion. You want to talk about tapping into that anger vein in your neck and your head. He hits it, man. Um, such energy. He makes you just want to watch because, um, he's going to, you know, he's going to put a beating on and you know, he's going to be able to take a beating just by the way he presents himself. He is just fired up constantly. I love it. Um, the fact that he's going against trick Williams and that trick, is not breaking up with Carmelo, but is shading, you know, shifting away to more of a singles run. He is beyond 
Uh, it's beyond time for him. What a look. Uh, obviously, he has the mic skills. I mean, he was on the mic more than Carmelo, which is, which is, which is crazy because Melo is great on the mic. So to have a mouthpiece like Carmelo had and Trick Williams and now for him to be able to you know, say it about himself – Sky's the limit for him because, like I said, he's got the look. He's got the build. Uh, clearly the mic skills. This is a huge match for him. It's really going to get to show him off away from Carmelo and against a, a, a bonkersly good wrestler in Dragunov. Um, he's a former NXT champion. He, he beat Gunther, um, who was in a, in a uh, historic run with the NXT belt, uh, NXT UK belt. Um so he, you're going to buy in. You're going to watch this guy fight, um, whether he's the underdog or not. He's a smaller guy in most matches, but, man, he's, he's a pit bull. So him versus Trick, can't wait to see that. Baron Corbin going down to NXT. I love Baron. Put him in the category of, of Miz and um, Sheamus, but even more so. He's, like, he's in the Ziggler category where you're talking about really no belts, but damn is always able to perform. Baron Corbin, I gush about this dude. I will go to bat for him as one of the best in WWE because he will do anything they ask. He does it well, and he gets whatever he's whatever they give him over in some form or fashion. Um, I love what Baron Corbin's doing. He's going to elevate people down there. Um, to, so to see him still involved, uh, hopefully that goes a little bit longer. But I think it should pay off. You know, he should get a payoff by getting back to the main roster and, and getting a main event run. I don't think he deserve. I should not say deserve. I don't think he he needs. Uh, the big belt, I don't think he'd, I mean, maybe a transition champion at some point, but I don't know if they can rebuild him to that level. He's kind of gone back and forth. But like I said, he can, he'll make you believe. So whatever they give him, hopefully they find something bigger for him. Uh, but love Corbin's work, always do. Speaking of uh, the UK stars um, in Dragunov, they're all over NXT. They're doing big things all over NXT. You got the metaphor with Noam Dar in heading that. Um, Tyler Bate is one of my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you want to talk about strong uh, British strong style. There you go. Um, great, great wrestler. Love watching him. Uh, multiple multiple other uh, NXT UK stars. Um, the dyad uh, is probably the only thing that is really disappointing me. Um, Joe Gacy is a very cerebral type of wrestler, you know, put him with Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, that would be amazing. Watch the two of them go Bray Wyatt, Karrion Cross, and Joe Gacy, make them into a stable and you want to run some creepiness through that place. There you go. I mean, they, they would, they would just take it, take it to another level, but the dyad as it exists, not working, just not working. I'm not even sure why beyond the fact that they don't win any matches beyond the fact that they've. No, I do know why. They don't win any matches. They don't really come through with what they're saying. It doesn't make any sense. They've added more members and have lost more, you know, in terms of all the masks. Uh, I just don't see it working, and I guess that they don't really either because Rip Fowler and, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, uh, are, have, are done with their contracts in NXT, so they'll be, they'll be moving on. They're not renewing. So the dyad is half of them are leaving, so I guess they're going to be done with it, which I can't say is a bad thing. It just doesn't make sense as to what they're doing, you know, with them. So repackage Joe, let him, let him lean into his creepiness, but let him show it in the ring and you're going to be uh, happy with what you get. Love Joe Gacy. Um, all right. So moving on to the main roster stuff, the U.S. championship. Look, the U.S. belt is not the intercontinental belt. It is not on the same level, not even close. The stuff with Escobar and Mysterio is just mysterious to me. Um, 
Escobar just being this cheerleader for Ray, for Ray it doesn't feel right. <laughs> it feels like Escobar is, is faking a lot of it, which is fine if he turns on Ray. Great, but why not sooner? Uh, no matter when it happens, why not sooner? Because now he has the belt that you had a chance to get. You got hurt. You know, there's it's convoluted in, a, in, in terms of where it's going. I don't even know who's going if he's going to turn on Ray. Obviously, Ray's not going to turn. Um, so I, I don't know what they're doing, but but they're botching it all over the place with Theory. Up, down, he beats Cena in the worst worst uh built program in Cena's career probably um I say that in jest but not 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 in too much jest just a struggle um so I'm th- they have all this great mid-card talent but finding the footing with the U.S. championship they're just not they're not focusing on that and hopefully they do with Ray having it because he can re-establish it and um and you know make it more prestigious but it's also a belt that I feel like is going to be passed around a little bit over the next few months. Hopefully it settles in with somebody that can hold it, like Gunther has with the Intercontinental Championship, which is, you know, Gunther is just incredible. That belt is incredible. The prestige is back on that thing. So hopefully they can figure out a way with the, with the U.S. belt. All right, so they were my big topics. They were my main topics, the big things I wanted to cover. Uh, before I, I duck us out of here, um, I want to take just a couple minutes to answer a question that a friend of mine asked. And he asked, uh, what are the differences really in the wrestling techniques that we hear about? I'm going to keep it short um, so I can expand on it in a different episode. But basically, you know, I would say that the, the three big styles, um, then they're broken down. You, I'll get to that. The three big styles would be strong style, which is based out of Japan primarily uh, or, or originate in Japan, which is a, which is a blend between... American style storytelling, but with martial art type strikes. So a lot of elbow strikes, a lot of knee strikes. Stiff meaning they look hard, looking like they're really hitting. Elbows to the neck, big you know, big knees off the belts, off the uh, excuse me, off the ropes. Uh, a lot of knees to the face, strike kick work. Um, it's 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 a lot. It's um, it's a it's a it's a brutal style if it's the first time you're watching because it really sucks you in like oh my god they're clubbing each other and it sounds like it, it looks like it not my favorite style because it makes me feel like somebody is actually going to get hurt and i'm always always looking at you kota ibushi you always look like you're getting hurt and you have been a lot so just be careful um if you want to watch a match that you're going to really highlight all that of course you're going to go okada versus omega watch any of the three that they've been in together um, also watch AEW, strong influence and strong style on AEW. Shinsuke Nakamura uh, is an example in WWE. Uh, Lucha Libre style is probably the most popular style of wrestling based out of uh, Mexican style wrestling. High flying maneuvers, top rope, out of the ring, hurricane ranas, uh, chaotic, fast paced. Um, most of the wrestlers typically wear masks, the Lucha Libre masks. Um, quick movements, quick movements. Not a lot of selling, but it's spot to spot. And it's breathtaking. You know, there's times where you don't, you don't, you feel like you don't see anybody even touch the ground. They're just in the air hitting moves. Um, and if you want to see something, one of the greatest matches of all time in, in, in that style, you're going to watch Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. That was at Halloween Havoc 97. Uh, the other uh, style, the last one I'll kind of mention would be the Catch as Catch Can. Uh, that's like a grappling submission to submission hook and holds style wrestling. Um, I love it. Uh, it's a lot of bending of joints. It's a lot of mat work. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going off the top rope. This is all bending and twisting and seeing if you can get somebody to to scream. I quit. Um, cool style. Uh, it's, um, it's, uh, the best reference, you know, recent references would be, um, 
you know, again, AEW has a lot of it, but a great present day style would be Ring of Honor Unified 2006. You had Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness. Uh, any of their matches together, you're going to see that catch as catch can style. And then, of course, you have traditional, which is a blend of a little bit of everything. Um, but there's a lot of different styles broken down in between those. I mentioned British Strong Style, which is strong style based off of a little bit of catch versus ca- uh, catch as catch can. And it's kind of combined into uh, a really nice blend. I mentioned Tyler Bate. I also want to say Pete Dunn, right now known as Butch. But watch them, the two of them wrestle over the NXT UK Championship. I forget the date on that, but just Google Dunn versus uh, Bate UK uh, NXT UK Championship. I think you know what what to, to, to Google. I think you guys are all bright enough for that. So I'm going to stop with that and move on since say thank you for listening. Uh, next week I'll be talking about, uh, I'll be answering a couple more fan questions and uh, checking out some more headlines, seeing what's going on as we build to some more big shows uh, in between the big shows with WWE. But All In continues um, to to be built and continues to be announced. Things continue to be announced. Anyway, whew, uh, thank you again for listening. Before I let you leave, don't forget while you wait for my newest episode to drop, you can find previous content such as interviews and old episodes with new content on the way on the Armchair Bookers Podcast YouTube channel, our f- Facebook page, TikTok, and our IG. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, comment, do all those fun things so I have something to talk about. Shout out to John Kiernan, my producer, the amazing artist behind my theme, Into the Fire, featuring Mon Easy, which you can find on iTunes. Thanks you again. And with that being said, throw me into the fire that is wrestling podcasting, John. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Deuces. <laughs>